Hello, fellow caviar connoisseurs. I know you're excited to talk sports today, so without further ado, welcome to Sports Caviar with Hall, Burn, and Bijan. Hello, caviar connoisseurs. Welcome to this week's episode of Sports Caviar post rivalry showdown weekend. I'm one of your hosts today. I'm Javi, as you guys hopefully know by now. And I'm joined by my really good friend here, Fern Nasty. What's up, man? Oh, it's a good day, Javi. It's a good day after rivalry weekends. Yeah, I'm just excited to, to talk about all the games and especially the fact that I went to the Michigan-Ohio State games. Great to join you, Hub. Great to join our valued listeners, and I'm just excited to get this episode off. What about our boy, Bijan? Bijan, where is he? Is, is he not going to show up this week? Is he uh, not going to collect his paycheck? I think rumor has it he's following the Florida Gators. He's going to take the rest of the season off. <laughs> Bijan is not with us this week because he was too embarrassed to show up for... I, did yeah. he pick the Gators last week? He did pick him to cover the spread, he which did. is probably why he's eating crow. But no, apparently he is in, in good old Vegas. I'm not sure how you can be in Vegas for a, a fundraising event and a charity event, but somehow he has pulled that off. So we wish him that, well. That's what, he's, that's what he's telling his wife anyway, right? Yes. So the money <laughs> comes out of Vegas listening. Yeah. for charity. <laughs> he's like, how much did you donate to this charity? <laughs> $10,000? I don't think that was what we discussed. He was in a giving uh, mood. Yeah, so thankfully, he's not here to defend himself. There's going to be some bashing on the Gators, probably a little bit. We apologize in advance, Bijan. He also took Ohio State. There's, there's that. I don't know what he was thinking. He was drinking a little bit too much cider or what? I don't know. If yeah, I don't know what in that liquid death he was drinking, but it, it killed his thought process. So if you guys didn't know our very own Burn Nasty, he was our correspondent last weekend. We sent him to the big house, all expenses paid, to report on the ambiance mm. and let us know firsthand how everything goes. If you guys are listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple, you can't see that Burn Nasty's rocking a Michigan versus everybody t-shirt and he's just rocking it loud and proud mm. right now. It's, I, and it feels good on me too. Man, Javi, I, I'll tell you, that's, that was one of the greatest experiences in my life. Like seriously, just a, an electric atmosphere, that, that stadium, the, the tailgating, everything about it was just unbelievable, loud. We didn't sit at all, 110,000 people. I think it was one of the record attendances there. It was just, I, it was just crazy. And it was Michigan football. Michigan weather, it was 28 degrees at, at kickoff. Us Florida boys were trying to stay warm. A lot of hand warmers in, in my pockets and my shoes and my hands. It was an awesome experience and just a great game. And of course, Michigan coming out on top, as expected, was just icing on the cake for us. That rivals the Florida State-Auburn National Championship game for sure. And that's wow. a regular season game, but I'd like to call it, it was the first round of the playoffs. And Michigan, yeah, oh yeah. Michigan showed up and proved all the doubters wrong that thought that, hey, you haven't played anybody. We don't really know what Michigan is. I think we know what Michigan is. They're the elite team. They're up there. Deserve to be where they've been all year. Man, I can't say enough. It was just, a, it was an awesome game. And Ryan Day, I feel bad for the guy. He's now one and three against Michigan. Lost the last three. The first, his first season they won, yes, but he was gifted a pretty solid squad from from urban is there some doubting that hey man you can't win the big games i think there is some chirping last 34 regular season games ohio state is 31 and three all three losses michigan we outrushed them 157 to 107 the team that outgains in rushing has won the last i think since 2000 actually we did what michigan's known for we controlled the clock pounded the pounded the rock hell did you see that last last michigan drive eight minutes on the clock we literally burned seven minutes off that clock. I wish I was hoping for a little more, but uh, you did what you had to do and come in big, came in big in the clutch with the uh, Rodman with the safety or the uh, interception from our safety. So to, yeah. to close it out, they rushed the field, uh, which was awesome. I've got pictures that you can't tell. You couldn't tell 
where the stadium ended and, <laughs> and the field started. So it was just a, a crazy scene, just memorable for sure. Uh, and to spend it with my niece's nephew and, uh, and brother was special. Yeah, man, go blue. Even without Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, you, gosh, you have to give that guy credit. He's going to be a head coach here soon. If not, possibly for Michigan, if, if our boy khakis up and leaves, which is definitely a possibility. I'd be perfectly fine handing over the reins to him. He made, he was, he had some gutsy calls. I think he definitely drew up some plays that, that kept us in there that were a little more aggressive than what you would think from a back, like a, a fill-in head coach. We'll see what happens in the playoffs, but I, I feel good about it. Michigan just took the reins from the beginning and they never really looked back. It's not like your boys were able to go up by three scores, which we know that's what your goal is in the world of college football. But there was just that sense that Michigan had control of the game. Ohio State, on the other hand, they were able to keep it close and make mm -hmm. it a game. So that was at least exciting from the viewer's perspective. But there was never really a situation where I thought that Ohio State was going to win the game until the very end. Because <laughs> you guys won by six, right? Yeah, one by six. But yeah, we gave them so, a minute to, to drive down. And, yeah. And, but we've seen it done a million oh, yeah. times where, where it, that's, man, you left a minute on the clock and you're, it's a one score game and a touchdown beats you. I'm sure there was times throughout the mm -hmm. game there where you were nervous a little bit. But if there was ever a point to be nervous, it was then because oh, like, you have they no got idea. Marvin Harrison <laughs> and you get the ball in Harrison's hands. He can take it to you the never house. Know. So it was exciting from that standpoint to watch as a non-biased viewer just to see, because as far as I'm concerned, this was the Big Ten championship. I don't really care how good Iowa's defense is. They have one of the worst offenses in the nation. So to me, this was the Big Ten championship game. It was just one week early. Oh, yeah. No, and I agree. I think really Michigan and Ohio State have top 10 defenses going against Iowa is neither team was going to be concerned. Ohio state has playmakers. You can't argue that their, their receiving mm -hmm. core is probably tops in the their nation. So, looked okay. He didn't look. Yeah. He, that and a world and as soon as Michigan got pressure, he ruffles feathers. He made some mistakes, which yeah. obviously you saw. So I, I got a little nervous when Will Johnson, our stud corner, yeah, he went, uh, oh, yeah. got injured and went out and he was covering Marvin Harrison. That's how he got the first pick. You know, there's, I, I was like, oh, whew. okay. He did a next pretty good up, job on Maser Maserati Marv. He did. I think uh, Marvin still ended up with 118 and a tutty, which is, it's fine. Hell, that's good compared to prior games. He's usually good for 160 and three tutties. I think we controlled him. Uh, but again, you, we left. Yeah. We had a seven minute drive to finish the game and still gave them a minute at Marvin Harrison time. So uh, yes, there was some nerves, but defense stepped up like they always have and closed it out. So, I, man. I don't think I've ever been more excited in my life. I think my niece was jumping on my back. I was hugging yeah. randoms. It was just a, hey, that's, a cool that's, scene. You're just like Bijan. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, at least I know that's how Bijan was in the Bucks lions game. He was <laughs> hugging everybody yes. around him. As, I, thought, I literally thought the Lions won the, the Super Bowl that day. The best part about making those trips to, well, college football in general, live is... It beats the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. And then when you add in the, the rivalry game and what it means and what it means to both teams, college football playoff was on the line. It doesn't get any bigger, really, unless you guys are playing for the national title, right? Oh, so, yeah, exactly. Um, that, that had to be an amazing situation. Probably didn't really matter how cold it was. I, I think just, no. you just want it to did, be there. It yeah. did snow on Sunday when we were taking, when we were heading out. And I was like, I don't know if I could have done that on game day. Add the snow in. Oh yeah. Oh no, that would have been bad. I don't think I. I don't think I was prepared with that. That kind of peril to cover. Well, myself. yeah, so, you, yeah. Just, you would need the snow gear. I don't really yeah. know. I, obviously, we live in Florida, so when I'm watching these Northeast games and it's 20 degrees outside, and it's raining and it's cold, <laughs> and the stadium's sold out, I'm like, what? How are these fans there? Like, not. Nah, I don't know if, I don't know what they showed on TV, but there was fans there in overalls with no shirt. There was a guy three rows, three rows ahead of us, big old dude in sweatpants, no shirt, just sweatpants. That's it. No shirt, belly just out. I'm just at the whole game and I'm sitting there. There's, I've got 42 hand warmers in throughout my body. 
in four I'm layers sure. of clothes. Thermal. He's probably chugging some Theraflu today, if I had to guess. Uh, so Michigan, in, in my opinion, they cinched their spot in the college football playoff. Obviously, they have to take care of business Saturday, but they will. Whether or not they go in as a two or a one, we'll have to see because it depends on what happens with Georgia. So there's a chance that Michigan could actually go in as a one if Georgia loses. Everything is well in the big house. So let's move on to another college football playoff situation here because obviously Florida State played Florida. The game started terrible uh, for the Knowles. I, I, it, in a situation where you're starting a, a backup quarterback for his second career start, I would assume that the blueprint was to start nice and safe with Rodemaker and get the defense off the field. Let's play field position and don't put him in a situation where it's high leverage, high pressure in the first quarter. And it couldn't have started any worse for Florida <laughs> State because that's not what happened at all. Florida dominated the first quarter they had in a portion of the second as well. They had the ball for 15 minutes to Florida State's one at one point. Um, if you're the three and out right away, and then so that second drive for Rodemaker and you're backed up, it, it, it couldn't have started any worse. I, I would say, thankfully, our defense stood up to the test. Florida was playing their backup quarterback who Max Brown didn't look good at all. <laughs> so they better hope that they, I know that, and, they're the, and they got that five-star coming in, but he's going to mm -hmm. be a true freshman. So I don't know who's going to be their quarterback next year. I, I digress here. Let's go back yeah. to the game. Rodemaker did enough in the first half to get that score into halftime. What did you think about Rodemaker's performance in the first half? Their game plan coming in there was to be conservative, knock the cobwebs off, get, the, get his nerves under control for being a big yeah. star rivalry game on the road in the swamp. But man, no, I, I thought it was, it could not have been any worse. And, and thinking that safety hurt me too. Like you said, the defense, that, that game could have got out of hand quickly in that first half. And I don't know if we would have been able to make our way back, but the defense, I mean, being Romano on the field, shank, oh, uh, it, it was, yeah, it, the shank, <laughs> he's been so good all uh, year. I'm like, yeah, okay. There's a safety and then a shank. And I'm like, what is, I don't, I, I was worried right there. Where... And then we. The only but then we that, do the fake punt. Yeah. Oh, and it works. God. But delay a game. I'm like, and then, what's your take on Vince? Could be sack, would be sack, turns into a personal foul. On oh my third God, I, I couldn't have been any more irate. We were watching the game stuff. with a couple Gator fans, and for the most part, they were in agreement that that shouldn't have been a flag whatsoever. Mm. There was one guy that was like, his fingers grazed. The quarterback's helmet so you have to that's hands to the head <laughs> hands and to the face. you have to call the play i'm like what are you talking about yeah no rewatch the play it, yeah those you throw in the safety you throw in that that call that cost us and, and gave them pretty much yeah. their first touchdown or only touchdown oh yeah and then you for throw sure. in the fake punt that you know was not a fake got called back for the delay game and there, yeah. it just the first half could not have gone any worse. But man, responding <laughs> and, and getting that ninety-yard drive to 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 end the half, I think was huge to have those points. Knowing it that we get the ball massive. back, massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was massive. It, but and that probably was the determining factor in in why Florida State was ultimately able to come out victorious. Was that one drive? You can't go into halftime down twelve nothing, even twelve three. No. I don't even know what would have happened. Yeah, no, but really it's that defense, man. That defense on the second half, yeah. if you look at the stats, they gave up, I think, total yards 48 in the second half. Fourth quarter, negative 15. And three points. Six sacks, six sacks, two and a half by our boy, Verse, who I think, man, we've been waiting for that. Oh, he dominated. Yeah. He got after Max. That was good to see. I think we had 11 tackles for loss. So our defense said, hey, look, we've got we've to gotta take this over for Tate. He can't do this alone. We gotta, we gotta give him in the right uh, situations, and they did. And man, it was. Thank God, it wasn't the prettiest win, but that's a W, and that's a tough yeah. place to play. And it's rivalry week. The day you throw the records out the door. Yeah, no, I agree. And the the line was six and a half. If Florida State wins by nine, 
I don't know if the committee looks at stuff like that, but as far as game control is concerned and margin of victory, when they're looking at things, I'm wondering if they're looking at the expectation of this was supposed to be within a touchdown, Florida State won by nine. They basically did what they were supposed to do. I'm not sure if they actually look at that or if they, in their minds, they're like, we want to see more. I could see them wanting to see more out of Rodemaker if that's going to mm -hmm. come down to uh, a parsing of Harris because he didn't really look that good, in my opinion, at all. I, I, he, hit, he, he hit a couple throws. I do think that Keon Coleman should have caught that one in the end zone. Yes, um, for sure. It was high. I think Maserati Marv would have caught that. I'll say that. And then, <laughs> but if you're Rodemaker, you have to learn from that and understand that when you have the coverage that you are wanting and desiring over there one-on-one -on -one with Coleman, you have to trust that he's going to win and put the ball in the bread basket right there. Yeah. There's no reason to sail it. Put it where Coleman's going to catch it. It's one-on-one. -on -one. He's going to catch it, but just make it a catchable ball for him at least. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Unfortunately, we had to settle for a field goal there. And then you take away the four points that Florida got on the gift with the rough in the passer. We, in my eyes, that was like a two touchdown victory. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the committee is going to look and say we desire more. But I think it's really just going to be on the offensive side, right? If you look at what we did on defense and what we did to Florida, that's, I think that's a, a pretty dominant performance. And I, I should take that I into account. Really don't, yeah, I agree. Like, it's, it's a first game. First game. It's Tate's first game. They're going to hold it against, which I, I, at least I think, in my opinion. But after he's got to show up in Louisville, and I think that's what's like the Florida game has prepped him. And now he knows that he's just going to get more comfortable and he's going to get yep. better each week. Um, it'll be interesting. Louisville is better Louisville. than Florida, though. So yeah. I, there's that. It's not going to um, get any easier. Yeah. And the conditions, it's supposed to be wet and cold. And I guess we'll have to see what happens there. I did. I know that Rockland only came into the game for three plays, three plays. Yeah. But what I liked about him is that he wasn't, he got right in and threw the ball right away. He wasn't yeah. scared and they weren't scared to call a passing play. And you could tell how much quicker he is than Rodermick to get out of the pocket as well. It excites you for next year. I, I think he's gonna, right? Like, He's got to be I, unless I, Luke yeah. comes in and just blows people away. But I think Luke gets uh, redshirted, and then Brock takes the reins next year. That's next Duffy, year. But, Duffy uh, will be in the portal as well, I think. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Just to put a ribbon on everything that happened for the Gators, they missed their bowl. Obviously, they were trying to become bowl eligible in this game. They weren't able to do they Florida State ends up with their regular season undefeated. That's the sixth time in Florida State history that it's ever been done. Little fun fact, Florida has never had an undefeated season. So that just goes to show you how rare it is for a college football team to have an undefeated regular season. So I think no matter what happens here with Florida State, JT going out, you have to look at this team and be like, man, what an amazing season they've had. Oh, yeah. It would be a Stella. shame if we don't win the ACC at least. <laughs> after, I know. After such a successful season the 49ers dallas miami they all looked really good in their victories on actual thanksgiving day though that's not what anybody was expecting with the lions that would the heck happened there I, I don't think detroit has to worry about their division with green bay and minnesota just looked absolutely atrocious last night yeah but what that loss does is i feel like that cinches detroit in the two three seed no matter what now i don't think that mm -hmm. you guys can compete for the first seed now no it's disappointing it, it just you go back to the oh this is the detroit lions again it's i thought we turned that corner you win the games you're supposed to win and we just it just i, I just don't get it but uh you know we've lost six or seven straight on thanksgiving so maybe we should get used to this but you know the packers come in there we had just dominated them at lambeau you know earlier in the season we're the better team, and we looked absolutely just, it was just embarrassing. I, it hurt. Yeah. I'm sitting there. Most of my family is not really, they don't really care one, one way or the other. Yeah. And so everybody just. You were up themselves. in Michigan at that point or? No, I went to my sister's oh. in, in Orlando and 
and then we flew out of Orlando that night. But so we did your family in Michigan. Earlier. Are they um, Detroit fans? It's actually uh, just a buddy's aunt. Yeah, that that we stayed at in Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. My, my dad's from Detroit, but he all uh, like his parents are have passed, so there's nobody left in Michigan for us. But a buddy of ours, uh, aunt lives in Ann Arbor, and we stay with her. We're like we're part of the family now. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> my my nieces and nephews, and they're all enjoying Thanksgiving, and I'm sitting there watching the game just upset and just and people are like trying to talk to him stop talking <laughs> but man it's just it's just disappointing but yeah, again we're eight and three the division especially after seeing the bears take care of the vikings that that was nice to see so i, I feel good about the division we still have a pretty easy schedule moving forward yeah so i'm thinking even if we split 11 and 11 and 6 that gets you and that's playoff bound Probably at the three seed. You almost have to look at it in quadrants, though. So, and and in the NFL, when you lose, especially a division game to a team that you weren't supposed to lose to, you just have to make sure that doesn't spiral into anything else. Because obviously, wins are hard to come by in general. Doesn't matter how elite you really are, unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I would say the one thing that you have to be careful in the world of the NFL, if you're the Lions, anyway. Is just making sure that a loss like that devastating loss on Thanksgiving to the Packers, which you were so you guys were supposed to win that game. You just can't let that spiral. So this Sunday, you guys have New Orleans coming up. It's not like New Orleans is the best and it's they're not the worst either. So it's one of those games, right? You got to make sure you get the win there and then you put the Green Bay loss in the rearview mirror at that point. But if you somehow lose to New Orleans, then yes, we're talking about the Detroit should have the division and they should be cinched in at the three seed. But if you lose back-to-back games, Green Bay, New Orleans, then there's going to be some soul searching that has to happen. And then you just really never know what's going to happen after that. Do you, you know, feel good about the New Orleans game? Yeah, and we've done it before. Hell, we got blown out by Baltimore and it came back and won. So I, I, That's we, true. We've gone through this where we were disappointed on our play and and disappointing the loss, and, and we come back and revenge it with a, a win. So I'm okay. I, I'm still worried because it's every game I'm going to be concerned with. There's no easy game now. Like, I yeah. I just assumed that we would beat Chicago, mm. beat Green Bay, and beat New Orleans. It's like, all right, we're good. And here we are in 8-3. If we turn this around, I, I feel good about New Orleans. I, I think we win. The line is minus three. four. That's Red. a close thread. Yeah, um, but I it's at New if we would have beat we would have beat Green Bay with that that's probably at a six and a half, seven. I don't know. They look at matchups a lot. Um, I think eleven is where we end up with wins and wins the division and gets us the three seed. There's a lot of football to be played. You have to go week by week at this point. So we'll, we'll be watching closely on Sunday versus New Orleans. I would say I'm desperately hoping that my Bucks decide to just hunt on the season, but then. They're only one game out of the out of the first somehow in the loss column, and it's four and seven guys. This is not gonna do anything for any fan base. No, and and making winning that division and making the playoffs does nothing other than get you a, a first week or first round loss. So it's, it's let's well, go. you got to remember the division winner slides into the fourth seed, right? Yeah. So yeah. they would play the seventh seed, or they would play the five seed. So who would have uh, a better record than you guys? They would have a better record. Definitely. It would probably be like Dallas or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, think it's still, I do think that it's fun to make the playoffs. If the Bucks somehow got back to their winning ways here, I took the over under on them for the season, which is five and a half wins or six and a half wins or something. For my betting purposes, I'm really just clamoring here for some wins to start flowing through. Yeah. Or after starting out three and zero, it was like, oh, that that bet's a lock, and then it's not. <laughs> the Lakers lost by forty four last night. By the way, forty. I was shocked by that. Uh, I I thought maybe Davis or LeBron were sitting. Yeah. They played. Yeah, they played. It's bizarre to me. I, yeah, so I get that it's a different style of basketball now, and it's just a shootout, and everybody just comes down and shoots threes, and that's the way that they there's hardly any defense, and that's the way the NBA works. But even if Michael Jordan was playing in this era, I don't think that he would allow his team to lose by 44 points. They don't lose by 44. Not a chance. How does that happen? <laughs> it's, I, 
It just, I, I don't even, I can't even explain it. 44 it's points like in the NBA is insane. It's like a quarter of basketball. Yeah. Yeah, it's a quarter of basketball with one team shooting and the other team not. It's like they sat on the bench and said, hey, you guys play this quarter. Yeah. 44 is a lot of points. And I, I, I don't know if, if I looked it up or not, but that's got to be one of the, the worst losses in LeBron's history, right? It has to be. Oh, he let that oh it, was, it was one of the, it was definitely, I don't even have to look it up. It was definitely his worst loss of all time. And it's definitely one of the largest was, in this season. Yeah. And for the Lakers history, I know the Spurs lost, had yeah. lost by 40 a couple of times, twice, I think. Um, so it's becoming a trend in the NBA this season where basically if you're down by 25 in the third quarter, you're all right, just, you can just take it all the way to the, just finish <laughs> the good. game out here and we're good. we can lose by 50 and we don't even care. <laughs> like on to the next game. That's problem. In my opinion. Yeah. As a fan, that, that this is, you want at least good games like that's not even so, a fun game to be at right no yeah like, it's not and i would say if you want good games you should be watching the magic right now okay so the magic yes. are in second place in the east right now they beat the celtics they beat the nuggets and as we know they beat milwaukee earlier in the season and they've had some really big wins in general they play the wizards back to back this week and then they finish with brooklyn I'm actually going to the game tomorrow the magic, night. The, oh, you're going to the Washington game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figured at least I should go and witness a win, right? Wizards have, what, two wins this, year, this season? They have two wins. Yeah. And one of them is against Detroit, who now has like a 14-game <laughs> losing streak. So, I, I've, no, I've been very impressed for the listeners uh, that are not watching us on YouTube here. Good old Hob has jumped ship from his other teams that the Bucks and everybody else said was winning. He's now sporting the Magic outfit. He just switches to whoever's hot, which I love. So <laughs> the, the Magic, the Knicks, I'll be downing that until <laughs> June and with the basketball end. But yeah, what I'm happy but, about this situation for the Magic. My question to you, can this be sustained? So they're second place in the East there, the way that the, the season has begun for the Magic, do you think the Magic can actually play the way that they've been playing and the results will come exactly the same way that they've been happening here for the first uh, 20 games of the season? I, so I think it's a sustainable, but I don't think at this level. Like, I will say I think they fall back a little bit, maybe in that 4-5 seed uh, for the East, but I think it's it definitely, as long as obviously health is important, but Seven straight wins, their best record in the last 12 years, or best start in the last 12 years. But it's crazy. No players averaging 20-plus points. But they have no. six, six, six in double digits, which to me, that's what shows that they're a very, they're, the depth is there. They're not selfish. And I think the one thing that's really putting them on the map right now where, and, and why they are where they are is defense. They're, they're tied. They're tied at the top at the defensive rating. So I, I think that's where it's at, and, and we can sustain it because we have the length, we have those players that are defensive-minded, and we still have our guys that are what we call stars and Paulo and Franz. Mo Wagner's, the Wagner brothers are looking yeah. like a force. It's almost like can, they've been playing be. together their whole life. I uh, know. It's funny how that works. <laughs> Hold um, my brother. I'm like, that's us right there. But I think they, they can keep this going. I've been very impressed with how their style of play. Coach Mosley's got them believing in each other and they're a tight knit group. I think they, they love the, like the, that, I think that's the important is the chemistry and, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, but I still think they'll fall back a little bit, but I still expect them to be a playoff battle, which is just, yeah, really great to see. What's scary about the, the magic situation is the division. So they have the heat and they have the Hawks in the same division. That's going to be a battle to the end of the season mm -hmm. and if they fall back in the division, then obviously then now they're looking at a six or seven seed in the playoffs. You really want to try to stay away from that situation if you can at all costs, really. I know that we were joking about the play-in tournament, but I think the Magic are looking pretty good in the bracket for that. Yeah. So even if the Magic can somehow make a run and it, it what I'm a little bit nervous about is the fact that they're 
shooting their load a little too early, right? <laughs> you want to be gelling like this in March, not in November. But it's not like you're going to complain about getting out to a hot start. It's just, there's no way you can sustain this. There's no way. It, not with a team like the Magic. We're too young, right? Unfortunately, the front office failed the Magic from the standpoint of they needed to really find one veteran not named Joe Ingles to slide into this lineup to be able to help this team stay focused when the season is going to start getting rocky. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the Magic, you did mention that they have a really good uh, defensive ball club, which is true. They're fifth best uh, total defense. They only give up 107 points a game, which is upper echelon in the NBA. Where the Magic struggle is their 22nd out of 29 in three-point percentage. So when I look at whether or not a team can sustain a, a type of run like the Magic are on right now, I have to look at everything in totality. And if they don't have the shooting, per se, you can't just rely on defense every night, not in the, the, in the world that we live in with the NBA where everybody comes in and just shoots 53s a game. Um, those are going to start falling from the other um, side's perspective. Um, yeah, what are they shooting, like maybe, 33, 34%, something like that from three? Yeah, I think it, maybe. it's probably somewhere around that. I'm loving Wagner and Bancaro. They're looking like a dynamic duo right now. And mm -hmm. the best part about those two guys is that they're, they're young. The the Wagner Bros are Michigan, yeah, both okay. Wolverines. So, there you go. I know. I'm just it's Michigan everywhere. I love it. Now all the all the uh, Magic have to do is go out and trade for Devin Vassell, uh, and then get some I mean, Knowles in there. Some Knowles. I wouldn't blood. mind that. Add him to Jonathan Isaac. It'd be a nice little uh, yeah. combo. Yeah, especially if J.I. can stay healthy. Good Lord, I really am praying for him to do. Just give us a full We'll talk about this real quick. It, fourth and 31, it was a 99.99% chance nine, for Auburn. Nine, nine. Yeah, so for Auburn to win the game on fourth and 31. Now, just so we're winding it a little bit, they muffed the punt before that. So Alabama oh, yeah. shouldn't have even been in this position. They, to had, have they the had more than enough opportunities to, to close that game out. Oh. So did, did you look at the replay? Did you watch that live? Did you see what I, happened? Yeah, I watched it. What happened? I, I watched it. I watched it live. It was prevent the, with absolutely zero rush. They had zero three rush. guys. They had three guys on the line, and they literally took one step forward and then just stopped. Yeah. Milrow had, it felt 20 seconds to just find yes. somebody. And they're just running. And then I, you have a corner and a safety. Oh, it wasn't even a three-man rush. It was just three guys playing like a zone just in case he, like, oh, we're spying the quarterback just in case he yes, runs that's for what they 30 were yards. But yep. you don't need three of them. I know. The defensive coordinator, I don't, I don't know who calls that, but I, that, that was embarrassing. And then the corner's playing, he's playing, the, he's just playing up. Spy the quarterback. If he's looking your way, then turn around. You had the guy in the corner. Your guy's literally right behind you. Just turn yeah. around. Okay. Yeah, but this is I don't the know. problem, is that if you're a defensive coordinator and you're trying to come up with a scheme to stop 4th and 31, which this is unbelievable that we're having this conversation, it, you can't rely on any DB to be able to hold coverage for 20 seconds, right? There's going to be a receiver that somehow slides to an open area at that point. It's just, there's too much time. It's so, yeah, they failed on the QB rush situation there. It just blows my mind what they were even thinking about. If you look at the replay, what they did was they had double coverage on the three receivers in the middle of the field, okay? But they left single coverage on the boundaries for some reason. And I'm like, okay. So Milrow probably didn't realize that at the beginning. It's a hike. He's scanning the field. Nobody's open. Nobody's open. He realizes, okay, I'm not getting rushed right now. Yeah, I think he had just, time to look over to the side sideline, like, hey, which do you see somebody open? Yeah, yes. and, <laughs> and so any quarterback in the world would see, oh, homeboy over there has got some pretty good positioning on that DB. Let me fire that on over there. It, it, was, it, it was a good throw, really good throw, really oh, good throw. catch. The DB is out of position. He's out of position. But at the same time, he's one-on-one -on -one coverage for 20 seconds. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he creeped I, up, Alabama he creeped should up have a lost bit. that game. 100% Alabama should have lost that game. I guess that's redemption for that 
I don't know when, I don't know when that game was, when they, they kicked the field goal and Auburn returned it a hundred whatever yards yeah. for, to win. I, so I maybe that's know. redemption yeah. time. Like the Alabama gods Ooh. are really just absolutely amazing. They're on the side this season. And, and if Alabama wins next oh, weekend, they're probably imagine? getting in. Interesting scenario. If if Alabama would have lost to Auburn last week, but then beat Georgia, do they? You think the committee would have put them in still? I want to say no, but part of me says that they're not going to leave the SEC champion out. Alabama would have dropped out of the top ten with a loss yeah. to Auburn, and then we had to I don't jump know if they would have been able to spots, justify. Maybe. Yeah. They would have been screwed. They, they wouldn't have been able to put one SEC team in the You don't uh, think a one-loss Georgia? No, because the they lost the SEC title game. I think Georgia would have been out, bro. Um, it could have been. And I think Texas would have slid in, actually. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I can see that. Thanks, you Freeze. <laughs> they found Tamu finds their replacement for Jimbo in Elko, which is good news for the Knowles because Duke was on the upward trajectory yeah. there and probably not so much anymore they didn't disclose how much he was going to be getting paid last i saw no Did i haven't seen, seen anything about terms yet uh what do you think he's got to be in that six to eight million right somewhere in there he was getting paid three okay. and then he had a five million dollar buyout which is so funny like tam paying buyouts like the well, they received like, a 150 million dollar gift from boosters if I, I don't know where their money comes from. It's crazy the amount of money that they just are willing mil, to spend. Yeah, 150 mil shouldn't go to a coach, bro. That, well, I'm assuming not... that's to the athletic program, which then will then buy out uh, Jimbo, pay him off, cover that right. tab, and then work on Mr. Elko. It's a misappropriation of funds. If somebody gives a university 150 mil to make their team good, and they're like, let's spend that on our coach only up there you know like gray areas what are the who is in charge of what's happening over the the ncaa NCAA as a governing body has got to be close to being on its way out right yeah everything that's going on and just the way just it's to me it's been a a disaster so I, i like i'd be surprised that they have as much pull moving forward it seems like they don't really have a lot of say in yeah, what how much they have right now anyway. Yeah, uh, they're, they're allowing conferences to suspend their coaches without even finishing investigations. That is a very fishy situation. It's like they step in there, but they don't step in any other way. Um, I will say that I do the hire. I, I think he came from Texas. He was a DC prior. Yeah. I, I, and like you said, what he's done with Duke, he's really turned them into a pretty solid team. You need defense in the SEC. He's got that covered. He just needs the right OC and, and, and puts the points up. I think it's a pretty good hire from them. He seems to be a guy that can change the, the culture and get them back to, to relevance, hopefully. I don't, he's, it's an uphill climb for Texas A&M. You got University of Texas is now in the SEC starting next year. So you have your in-state rival right there, which I would think that if I was a five-star wide receiver, I'd rather go to Texas than Texas A&M any day of the week. <laughs> and, and they're in the SEC. Texas A&M is maybe the seventh best program in the SEC at best. Well, I don't even know. That's my guess is he obviously he coached there and I'm sure the money talks. But if I'm him with Stoops backing out from Kentucky, like to me, I'm staying in that, those positions the sole fact that the expectations are not as high. Like going Kentucky to Texas a Yeah, like Kentucky yeah. Duke. Hell, if you, you get us 10 wins, get us ranked every, every other Lifetime year. contract. Yeah. It's the same thing with UCF, with Mazong. I'm like, look, like, if I was, and, and like Scott Frost back in the day, it's like, I would have stayed, like, because you're never going to, you're never going to, most likely, as long as you could just keep being relevant, you're not going to get fired. Texas A&M, you damn well better perform. They're expecting you to be a top 10 team. They're expecting potential SEC championships. They want to, they want that. And that's what they're paying you for. I don't and know why. I don't know why they expect that. They shouldn't. They, they haven't been relevant in God knows they, when. I, yeah. I mean, they were deep in, in the Big 12. I don't even know when Texas A&M has ever mattered to 
other places in the country. Like Johnny Menzel. Whenever you ever been like, we got to watch the Texas A and M game. Like who name a player that was even that even put them on the map like that? Did did they ever have a player that was so must see TV that I'm not uh, only Johnny? That's the only guy I can think of. And oh yeah, they had Menzel. That's yeah, right, Mike Evans. Yeah, but he wasn't must see TV. But no, Johnny was definitely. Manziel. Was, was must see TV. Yeah, TV. that but was that's it. it. That was the guy. Yeah, and they were top ten then. I feel like they, yeah, they were top ten, top yeah. fifteen. They beat Alabama, I know, and yep. that was like a big mm-hmm. deal. So that was their run there. Whatever happened, and on Money Manzel. He just he's chosen a different path. Is I, he, never, um, I never thought out he would with be Colin good. Kaepernick somewhere. Yeah, him and Cap are, are doing something together. <laughs> Probably they're with doing DeAndre, the, Francois, and everybody else. Uh, and cri- they're working on they're working in crypto now so we'll see the speaking of coaches here coach prime ended his season four and eight they ended on a six game losing streak if you were a big time recruit i don't know how you wouldn't think twice about heading out there after seeing the way that the season unfolded i i don't know I would say he's got one season left at Colorado and he's going to bounce anyway, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, for me, the season played out like I probably expected. You know, that start oh, yeah. was great for them, but the teams that they played were not good. That TCU game was masked by the ranking and, and look mm-hmm. where TCU is now. So to me, it was just the, the hype was just not there. It shouldn't have been there. But of course, it's prime time, and we we all know how he is. But kudos to him; he was able to get some players to 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 come there, want to play. Obviously, the recruiting class has been pretty decent. But eight straight losses. If I'm a recruit, you better damn you better be second guessing. Yeah, I, you can't buy into it that much. Like, do you think Travis Hunter enters the portal? I'd like him to, but no, he's I think only, he's, he's only got one he's, season. He's left. only got one more season left, so yeah, why not? And, so and you think and he's, he's going to be wasted a top in player. Colorado? I think he stays. Yeah. I think he rides I, it with I think Prime. That he shouldn't. At best, they'll go six and six next year, right? Like they're not, yeah. They're not going to compete for anything. So I guess the whole time, Travis Hunter maybe just didn't even care about any of that crap in reality. Yeah. They're joining the Big 12, right? I think they're going to the Big 12 next year. I don't know. They're going to play like UCF or whatever. I, they're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just think their schedule is going to be easier next year than it was this year. So I, I, I think like a, an 8-4 could happen. Baylor, Cincinnati, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Utah, Arizona, UCF, Kansas, Texas Tech. It depends on how good those teams are that you just mentioned because we don't know if Kansas well, I feel like or Arizona Baylor, Cincinnati, will be good. Arizona obviously looked good. It you would be really embarrassing if they, don't, if they don't get to six next year. He and might bounce because he's no longer welcome. It would almost be a question on whether or not he's even a good coach at that point. If no, that'd be he's my. Got all these five stars coming in, and they're going five and seven and four and eight, whatever the case may be. I I would be really weary on whether or not that's even going to last over there. So it was interesting to see how it started, to see how it ended in just utter disaster. <laughs> They they, they couldn't even get a win to save their life to uh, at the final stretch there. I, I feel like in our earlier episodes, I, I may have may have called it. We'll have to go back and check. <laughs> I did notice that all the celebrities that were tweeting about Colorado, they those tweets yeah, seem to. Uh, I haven't heard Pat McAfee in a while. You know, screaming praises or LBJ or that, it was everybody <laughs> in the world was talking about this guy was, was um, on the prime train. Let's move over to Don't Be Nasty. I know that Bijan sent in his picks so that everybody would know what not to bet this week. Let me see who he's riding with, okay? So the Pac-12 championship is Oregon and Washington. Everything in the world is on the line. Oregon is nine points better than Washington right now. Who do you like in that game? I do think Oregon's a better team. I think if you just based on the eye test, that first game that they played early in the season, I do feel like Oregon should, probably should have won that. Great job by Washington to pull that out and, and pull the W. But I, nine is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what Oregon's done in the last few weeks, they have been blowing teams out. But I just think you still have 
Michael Penix Jr. They still have a potent offense when they're on. I just think nine points in a Pac-12 championship, this is a big game, and I just, this is too much. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Huskies and, and give me those nine, give me those points for sure. All right, you are, you? you're, as, I'll pretend like I'm Bichon. Oh, Burn, we're aligned here, Burn. Um, we are. I'm with you, Burn. <laughs> Let me give you a stout here. Washington <laughs> covers the spread. I have to work on my Bijan impersonation. We'll work on it. <laughs> but he also likes the Huskies plus nine. They looked really bad against Washington State last week, and they've had so many close calls to, to come down the final stretch. And Penix hasn't been looking good. He's fallen out of the Heisman race. Oh, yeah. He's still in there, but like from the standpoint that he's no longer even close to the favorite, right? He's lucky. Um, yeah. He's either injured. I know he's injury prone, so there could be an injury that he's dealing with. Um, and Oregon has everything to win convincingly as well. If they win by 14 points as a one-loss team, they might even move to the three seed in the rankings. And obviously, you have prediction. to see who loses and stuff. Yeah, so I think Oregon's got... I think they're going to come out firing on all cylinders, and I think they're going to cover this. I think Washington had a great season. Nobody ever thought that they would be in the position that they're at. They're not going to win this game. I would be shocked. And I don't even know if they're going to be able to keep it within 10 points. So I'm going to take Oregon minus nine. Florida State's minus two and a half. And Charlotte versus Louisville. Um, who do you got in that? This is one I'm just going to have to go with my heart. Uh, everything else says go Louisville. Uh, but they look great against Kentucky, and I'm just going to chalk it up to, to Tate's nerves. First big game, rivalry week, playing on the road in the swamp. Um, I think we, just Florida State in general, we've been, we've overcome adversary multiple times this year, and we just continue to do that and find a way to win. I think the running game is going to be an absolute must in this game. We have got to get that going. We've got to get 150-plus yards rushing. I think we find a way. The O-line comes in clutch. Tate, another week with the number ones. Feel mm -hmm. good about that. I think I, him and Johnny had a great connection this past week. Could see some chemistry. Him and Keon get on get going this week. I'm going to go ahead and just will this one. Florida State covers that spread. Come on. I, I think Florida's, yeah, I agree with you. So does Bichon. But I'll say this. Louisville is better than Florida, obviously, but it's not like they're a world beater either, right? They beat Virginia by seven, and that was, they had to come from behind in that game on a Thursday night. They looked okay against Miami. They, they put a decent amount of points, and then they lost to Kentucky, which Kentucky's had a really up and down season. So they're beatable. It, it's not, it's not like they're LSU in my opinion. And obviously that as, as you pointed out that we're dealing with the backup quarterback situation here in Florida state. But if you look at position by position groups, Florida state versus Louisville, Florida state has the better team, even with a backup quarterback. So it's up to Norvell to try to figure out how to get Rodemaker to be able to feel more comfortable than he did after in, in um, in his second start against Florida, because that's obviously massive to these young quarterbacks that don't have a lot of experience. They have to feel comfortable and they have to feel comfortable early. So hopefully they come up with a better game plan that's going to actually achieve that goal. You can lean on Benson. You can lean on the running game. Rodemaker has been playing his whole life with Jaheim Bell. They go back to middle school together. So I would have liked to have seen more usage of Jaheim Bell in the passing game against Florida. That didn't happen. Get some screens involved. We didn't really use a screen game a lot against Florida either. So what's the quarterback's best friend when they're getting penetration from the defense? Hit him up with the screen. It keeps the defense honest. They probably will stop blitzing for at least a couple plays when that happens because you just gashed them. Mm -hmm. Florida State has plenty of opportunity to be able to expose that in this championship game. And they're probably going to have to lean on that because of the conditions. Hopefully it's not too rainy and too sloppy of a game from that standpoint. 
that allows us to actually run the offense the way that Norvell wants to. I actually think Florida State's going to cover this pretty easily as long as Rodermaker feels comfortable. And, and we're paying Norvell $8 million a year for him to do that. Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma had every chance in the world to be this, the team to, to play in this game. But it's actually the Cowboys. What do you think about this one? There's a lot of points, but Texas is yeah. by far the better team. And this is the game that Texas needs to make a statement if they want to even have a, a conversation of being in that college football playoffs without a lot of help, obviously. So I, I expect Texas to come out firing. I expect Texas to dominate. I expect Texas to cover that, that spread. I just feel like they are heads and shoulders better than, than Oak State. So, yeah, I'm going to lay the points. It's, I'm going against my better judgment here with a 14.5 point spread, but I just think Texas is going to come out and really want to just blow them out and say, hey, look, we belong. Lay the points. Go Longhorns, please. Bijan took Oklahoma State in this game. It's actually plus 15, but... I'm okay with that, too. I think Oklahoma State plus 15 is probably the play here. Texas hasn't really done a good job of blowing the doors off of people this season. And you have the Big 12 championship on the line. I think Texas is definitely going to win the game. If they can win by 28 points, that's obviously going to help their case with the committee. But Oklahoma State has a, a, a good opportunity to keep this game within striking distance. Whether or not they're able to actually win the game or not is a whole other story. They're good enough. They're ranked number 20th in the nation right now. They've had some pretty brutal losses this season. They've had three losses altogether. But I do Gundy as a coach. I think that I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus 15. Texas, they're going to win, obviously, here with this type of spread. I'm going to err on the side of caution. You got UGA SEC title game. It's minus six now. We've talked about Bama already. What do you think is going to happen in this game? I'm going to go with the fact that the Alabama gods have done enough and they used all their magic last week in the fourth and 30 plus shenanigans over there. So I just feel like Georgia has looked really good these last few weeks. They're the probably, they're the second best team as far as most complete them in Michigan. And I just feel like Georgia is better than Alabama and Kirby is going to say, thank you, Saban, but you're not coming to the party. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and lay the points and take Georgia on this one. I think Georgia shows up and says, we're better, and they're going to show why. So I'm thinking Georgia by 10. So an easy cover for this five-point spread. I prefer just I the money liked, line, but. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked this line. If it was minus seven, I would have taken Bama. I think Bama is going to keep it within a touchdown. They're just, they just are like, that's the way Nick Saban rolls. He's going to be able to figure out what's happening in the first half and make adjustments at halftime and keep this game within a touchdown. It's almost guaranteed. Georgia is a better team, but they also haven't been dominant. They just beat Georgia Tech by only eight, right? It's, it, it was one of those pushover games. They didn't, they, let's just finish this off. We're done. We're good. Could, we'll see. Maybe like a, a look ahead type game. Yeah with Georgia Tech, but dominant teams don't normally do that. They normally just come out and dominate regardless and say, okay, halftime, this game's over. You guys can continue the second half with our starters on the sideline. That's not what Georgia was able to do. Georgia, minus six, I'll take it. Um, it, it was Arch. Okay, so Ewers is hurt still. Yeah. Arch Manning came in last week and actually played, but Malik Murphy's supposed to be back for the for this game. So Arch Manning was able to get in there, and the Texas faithful, they were excited. Look, I'll take Arch or Malik. I don't, I'm good. Or Murph. Yeah. I don't know. That, that'll be... I'm interested to watch all these games. The Oregon game, Oregon-Washington is actually on Friday, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, even that, better. Yeah, that'll get you some football. Nice segue. The whole entire weekend. Yeah. Nice segue um, to, to, to college football weekend. Yeah, but also, let's see, who did Bijan take? He took UGA as well. So Clean sweep, you know what um, that means. Yeah, you can take it to the bank, baby. Do it. 
we didn't miss NFL, but there's actually only one game in the NFL that really peaked really any matters. type of interest. Yeah. I thought. But it's a huge one. It seems like Philly, every game that they play is a big one these days, but they did have a really impressive come-from-behind victory yeah. against Buffalo, and Buffalo has just been reeling. But Their chances, got, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty. O- overtime. But now you got San Francisco coming to Philly as well. Plus two and a half is where the line's at um, for Philly at home. They're home underdogs. Who do you like in that game? I'm liking San Fran in this one. I think this is going to be an instant classic. It's going to be a great game back and forth. Two great defenses. Obviously, Jalen Hurts played very well, five touchdowns this past week to, to pull his team from behind. But I'm, th- I'm thinking there's some pretty magic. And I think San Fran finds a way to pull this out, make that NFC race a little tighter. And I think maybe that's just some hopeful thinking from the as a Lions fan that maybe we bring it back and get Philly a second loss, but I think San Fran with a two and a half to take the points could be a, a field goal at the end to, to win it, to win by one type thing, uh, or two, maybe not. Let's not go three. I'm going to take San Fran, man. I'm going to, I think San Fran on the road. I know it's a risky pick, but I'm believing. So give me Purdy on the road. Take the points. Burn. The stars have a line. Oh, finally. Burn. I agree. I totally agree that the stars have a line. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. Bijan, that, you're close. Bijan yeah, took uh, San Francisco as well. And this is going to be another sweep, actually, because I agree with both of you guys. And it's only a matter of time for Philly to lose one of these big games. They're good. Yes. Yeah. And if you remember correctly, last week I picked Philly and I warned the viewers to stay away from you guys picking Buffalo for no apparent reason you were just picking Buffalo just because we right? picked Buffalo to cover the spread Philly's bound to lose and San Francisco or has already gone through their little rough patch this season yeah right at the shift big time. quickly mm-hmm. um and they are very well could be the best team in the NFC and this is their chance to prove it so there's with good reason San Francisco's the favorite in this matchup which is insane to me because Philly's the, they only have one loss and the game's at Philly and Vegas still thinks that San Francisco is minus two and a half. So that just goes to show you right there that it's just written all over the wall. This matchup is not <laughs> for Philly, right? So um, it's going to be another clean sweep. So if, the, if you guys are listening to our picks and you're looking and searching, we got, we had a clean sweep on FSU, Georgia, and the Niners Philly game. If just uh, play responsibly, but <laughs> those would be a, a nice little parlay there for you on a football. We have to. We may have to put our money where our mouths are. Do you think that the two E's in the word B are silent? That's deep thoughts right there. Because yeah, they have to be. Because just a B. Exactly. B, it's not B-E's. Yeah. So I, I actually, we came to this discovery last week at a Thanksgiving dinner. And my brother-in-law was like, are the two E's in the word B silent? And I was just like, come up with this crap, number one. Now, but now you have to think about it. Now you're like, when you drink a cup of tea, is the E and A silent? Yeah. You can easily say that as a nice little yeah. dad joke, maybe on one of your dates or something. <laughs> I, I don't wait. know. Might not get invited back for a second date if you try to use I mean, that one. obviously, we're so far beyond that. So might as well just throw it out there, see what happens. Maybe one of these days, somebody's going to be like, you know what? I like that. Let's go for a second. Yeah. They, or they're like, man, that guy was a cheese yeah. ball. Where did he kind come up like, with that joke? Kind of the E's and B are silent. So are the second dates. Yeah, that would be a good one, actually. <laughs> she did, did that. See, that's where you'd be able to test their wit. So that's going to do it for this week, connoisseurs. I know that you guys were either happy or sad. Who knows the fact that it was just me and Burn here going through all the content with you. But we really appreciate the fact that you guys took the time out to listen to our takes on what's happening this weekend. Let's see if we're right on our picks. We've been doing a pretty decent job on that. So, uh, yeah, been... hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. 
yeah no guys another great episode in the books thanks to the connoisseurs for tuning in another week and we're, we're excited to catch up next week after this big weekend of college football playoff implications with the conference championships excited to, to talk next week all right connoisseurs have a great weekend talk to you later